Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week. It is uh, Disability Rights Month. Love this. So we're going to be talking about ways to be an ally to the disability community. Why? Well, because it's a human rights issue, social justice issues, and all those are mental health issues because oppression and violence, all of that does not allow us to have mental health. We can't have mental health while in the midst of systems, right, and institutions that um, harm, right? And culturally, we don't know how to really integrate people with different needs, differing abilities. Uh, I wanna focus more moving forward on talking more about neurodiversity, which is this beautiful area of the field that helps us understand that there's no right way to think, there's no right kind of brain to have, that all of our brains are different and diverse and that leads to beauty and creativity. But uh, let's talk about ways to be an ally to the disability community. Number one, educate yourself. And that's what I'm always trying to do here at Loveline, right? Educate, educate, educate. That's how we empower. That's also how we end bigotry and prejudice. One of the most important things though, side note, and this was, um, it's a really beautiful quote and it's stuck with me through the years. This is something that I stumbled across many, many years ago. And it says that the only way to build a tolerant society is to be intolerant of intolerance. That's how we get to tolerance. We cannot allow intolerance to exist. We can't tolerate that. And I know it sounds like I'm repeating the same words, but that's the concept, is when we're seeing someone not being tolerant of others, we can't allow that, right? That allows it to spread, to deepen, to solidify. And we talk about people with disabilities, oh, they are still or we are still, because a lot of us are part of that community. It's a broad community. A lot of people's disabilities might be invisible, Not every disability is visible to the eye. It's not a physical impairment. Sometimes it's a neurological, right? Or less visible impairment. But people that are differently abled, they're still mocks. They're still mocked and, and the butt of a lot of jokes and a lot of oppression, right? So the first thing is educate yourself. Learn about all the different ways that disability exists. Now, the model I use is one, as I said, of neurodiversity and of health. I believe that differences are not disorders. They're just differences, and we don't all need to be the same. But right now, the gold standard, and it's quite pathological and problematic, is the medical model, which says there's a right way to move through the world. There's a right kind of body to have, and anything outside of that is broken or bad, and it needs fixing, and it needs correcting. 
And the neurodiversity movement, if we talk more in the mental health world, has been really beautiful in saying, listen, we move faster or we move slower or we think differently. That doesn't mean we need correcting. And this is also born out of the autism rights movement. The autism rights movement, the autism community is saying, we don't need fixing. We communicate differently. It's not worse. It's not better. Although at times it is better. There are some strengths. Let's lean into those. Let's support people that think and live differently. There's assets to that. But living differently doesn't mean you need correcting or fixing. And again, the ad, the autism rights community is saying, please stop seeing us as deficient. We are different. Yes, we need some accommodations. Everyone in an equity-based world would get the accommodations they need, right? We've talked about that on the show. Everyone has a different need. It can't be the same thing for everyone. That's equality. Everyone gets the same thing, but everyone has different needs and needs different accommodations. That's equity. And some people need ramps. Some people need wheelchairs. Some people need, some people need, ele need elevators. Some people need visual displays because their auditory processing is different or they can't hear, right? Deaf people exist. People that are in wheelchairs, wheelchair users, right? So we're educating ourselves. We're learning about all the different ways that disability exists, right? Then we're respecting those individual differences. And that's just a general part of life. It's one of the most you know, profound or, you know, balled up couples issues is people often move into relationships thinking, who could they be? Who could I make them into, right? Some people date or marry someone's potentiality, which doesn't always even necessarily come to fruition or come to be. It's the worst model of dating or, or relationshiping of, of any kind is who you think they could be or who you want them to be. It's about seeing them as they are and saying, is that what I want? Does that work for me? right? Learning to tolerate differences. I see that with parents, with their children, wanting their child to live the way that the parent needs them to live to feel okay or to, you know, not have any anxiety. And it's like, well, your job as a parent is to let your child be the beautiful, diverse person they are, right? And to, and to support that. So how does that tie into disability rights and disability justice? Again, letting people live in the world as they are, and helping make that easier and supporting that, not trying to change them or fix them. It's okay that people need stairs. It's okay that people need wheelchairs. It's okay that people need ramps. Offer that. And then the world is more equitable. Everyone's having their needs met. So we have to respect those individual differences. We want to recognize that everyone's different, right? We are, we are not the same. I hate when people say, oh, well, we're all the same. No, we're not. We're not at all. We have different heights, different weights, different races, different sexual orientations. That's okay. We do see color. It's like when people say, I'm colorblind. I don't see someone's color. Yes, you do. Literally, yes, you do. And, and also socially, yes, you do. Some people are black and they need different accommodations than maybe someone who's white, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to recognize these differences. We don't need to have shame around them. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and keep talking about how what's beautiful about all these things is they all tie in. So even if you're someone who's not disabled yet uh, or doesn't know anyone disabled, this is also, as I'm saying, there's, there's skills in here that are relational in general and parenting. It's all in there. Take a little break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on the Channel Q and on Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we're back national disability rights month excuse me so we're going to spend a little time talking about this and again this has applications that really i was better understand how to be better parents better partners. We're trying to build the kind of world where we can see all the differences, but we have to stop seeing differences as bad or broken or disordered. That's why when we talk about all these different new gender genders and uh, sexual interests, sexual fluidity, pansexuality, it's about honoring that we are all different. That's why I get frustrated with research that says, oh, we did a study on men as though their race doesn't matter, their age doesn't matter, their abilities don't matter, their sexual orientation, all of that matters around whatever it is you're even trying to study or talk about. So we have to acknowledge differences. It's okay. We don't want to say, I don't see color. Yes, you do. And we do see people's different needs. So again, we're respecting them though, different preferences, different truths, different realities. Uh, also, you know, being a better ally for people with different needs and disability rights, making content accessible. It's something that I forget and I try to be better about adding closed captions. There are apps now when you do a video, it'll close caption it because some of my followers that are deaf have said to me, we can't hear and we'd love to be able to actively and more deeply participate with your material, but you often don't close caption it. I've been working on doing that more. There are apps that do it again for free. Very simple, very easy. Also putting some descriptions in the text about what the photo is for those aren't able to discern the fine pieces of the print, or I'm sorry, of the photo that they're looking at. You can literally say in the photo is also when we're hashtagging, capitalizing the first letter of every word to break the words apart a little bit, right? Using larger bold lettering at times as well. Just really recognizing that everyone has different needs. God bless the educational system because everyone in your classroom might learn in a different way, some auditorially, some visually, some experientially. We have to recognize that. We can't say, well, this is how I do it. This is how it works for everyone. Everyone has different needs. And that's part of being an ally 
is recognizing all the differing needs. But even for those that aren't disabled, we need to apply that for anyone in our life. Who's this friend? What, you know what I mean? Based on who I know them to be and what they struggle with in the world, what, what kind of care or support might they need? Also, uh, considering accessibility and everything. Don't assume if you're throwing a party or an event that some people might not need ramp access or an elevator. My clinical office, we have an elevator, thank God, because I have some clients that aren't able to use stairs. If you're having a wedding or a birthday party, what do you do for people that, again, are wheelchair users? How are they going to exit or enter? Did you think about the possibility of them being there? Right? We have to think about these things. And I think that it's good. So again, also being an ally is calling that out ahead of time, knowing who might be coming or just making sure that that's possible for others down the road in the future. Asking stores, hey, you don't have a ramp or an elevator, right? Asking some creators why they don't provide transcripts for those that, again, can't hear and want to read the podcast interview. Asking employers to create plans that include people with disabilities or different neurologies. Me, I'm sound and light sensitive. I can't be in spaces with loud sounds and bright lights. So I would need that accommodation. I need you to dim the lights a little bit and to lower the volume. Otherwise, I can't participate. Like, it's okay to ask for these needs, right? That's, that's called being mental health-centered. And I want all spaces to start to think in these terms. Physical health and mental health, right? Hiring and promoting people with disabilities. We talk about this during the Black Lives Matter and during Pride Month. It's awesome for you to slap a pride flag somewhere or a, you know, a BLM sign somewhere. But are you hiring people from these communities and putting them in actual positions of power because that matters more than just saying, look, they're, they're here somewhere. Advance them, hire them, promote them. If you look around and everyone's just white cis hetero able-bodied, you're doing something wrong, right? You might wanna ask your company yourself, why is it that they aren't feeling safe here? Why is it that they're not applying? Why is it that they're not advancing? You know, that matters. Cast disabled people for disabled roles. Invite people from a disability-based perspective to speak and advocate at events and at work. Inclusion is really important, but so is putting these individuals in positions of power. Diversifying your feed. Whenever I post photos, I try to find very inclusive photos that include people of different body shapes and sizes and abilities, especially with summer coming. You know, show people in bathing suits that are fat, that have scars, right? That have different bodies, different abilities, I saw the most beautiful meme of a little boy in a wheelchair in Target or Walmart, one of those heinous corporate spaces, seeing an ad right in front of him of another child, the child model for the clothing, also in a wheelchair. It was so beautiful because it was a stolen moment that the parent saw and took the photo of the child looking up. Do you know how much it means for a child to see disabled actors in roles living full lives? dating, being happy, being employed, seeing them in toys, having toys that reflect back how they look. That's part of mental health. That's like the bare minimum. We have to be able to offer that and provide that. Advocate and speak up. Doing that all the time whenever I hear jokes that are mocking people that are differently able or look different. You know, we have to speak up. It shouldn't be on the shoulders of the, you know, harmed and oppressed community to ask for these things. It should be on us to create a world that's safer. So just kind of take some time and look around and say, what can I do to be a better ally? What can I ask? What can I challenge? What can I provide? How can I think differently? And how can I help spread that along? There's a lot of work to do, you know? And I like that we're finally talking about these things, but um, 
we're far we're far from uh, out of the woods with all of this. It's tough times, but we all need to find a thread or two of activism and make that our work, right? Like I want everyone to choose a few systems or institutions and say, I'm gonna really work on advocating for them or for that or challenging that, you know, to make sure that you are doing something meaningful in the world. So look into that. Uh, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna be back and uh, later we'll be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions you have, topics you want covered, something you want you know us to dive deeper into. And uh, otherwise, we are channelq.com is where you go to check out past shows. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it, and bam, there they are. We'll be back, stick around. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey. Stick around, we'll be back. Oh, right, all right, all right, we're back. Um, just wanted to take a quick couple minutes and share an interesting thing with you that I saw. It's about a bunch of emotions, ones that we have most likely never heard of, that people really struggle to explain. And that's why I like language, right? It makes something real. It makes us feel real. It makes it feel real. It makes it feel legitimate. It, it gives it shape, right? We can work with it or we can kind of externalize it right and say it's not me this is you know an experience um so here's a few of them i thought these were really fascinating again these are ones that are not part of the, the canon or common usage uh but these are emotions that people do feel we have a multitude of emotions with lots of nuance and even though we might use the same words for the same experience we're all going to maybe feel it and embody it very differently uh how about this one the emotions called sonder it's the realization that each passerby has a life as vivid and complex as your own. I know, I don't really know how I'd apply that or use that one. Um, opia, opia is the ambiguous intensity of looking someone in the eye, that intensity, which can feel simultaneously invasive, but also vulnerable. I actually do appreciate that one. That feeling of looking someone in the eye and it's feeling so vulnerable, so real, it's overwhelming. Like you're really connecting. It almost feels invasive. You're being seen. That is opia. <laughs> Go on a date and try to create some opia. Um, what are some other interesting? I don't even know how to pronounce some of these. Rubitosis. Rubitosis, the unsettling awareness of your own heartbeat. I think that brings a lot of humanity and a lot of vulnerability to just really feel ourselves in that way. Um, let's see if another few interesting ones. Oh, I don't like that one at all. It's so strange. Chrysalism, chrysalism, the amniotic tranquility of being indoors during a thunderstorm. I experienced that profoundly. I love extreme weather, not the damage that it does, but I like the emotion when you're indoors and safe. And it really reminds you of the violence of nature. <laughs> it's a beautiful one. Um, ellipsism. This one I am familiar with. And this is the, a sadness that you'll never be able to know how history will turn out. We'll never know what's next or what's ahead of us because we'll be dead. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Maybe you're all not laughing at this. Um, let's see. A few, few more. Liberosis. The desire to care less about things. I think that that's really profound. That's, that's how we get to happiness, contentment, letting go, not needing more, just letting, letting what is be enough, right? Not always pushing, not getting caught up in hustle culture or self-improvement culture, saying, eh, I'm working on just letting be, letting myself be enough. You know, what are you working on this year? Nothing, actually. Just letting myself be. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Adronitis, adronitis, 
frustration with how long it takes to get to know someone. I do hear people talk about that experience when they're when they're re-entering the dating world. Oh my God, I have to take the time to re-get to know someone and explain myself and learn about them. I love that actually. I find that exciting. So for me, I don't I don't um, bemoan it or or have you know frustration around it. I welcome that. I value it. I think that's a really exciting dynamic. But hey, not for everyone. Uh, here we go. This is a good one. Cubico. I think, I think a lot of us are feeling this one. Cubico, it's a state of exhaustion inspired by acts of senseless violence. I think there's a lot of that right now. I'm feeling that consistently, you know, that exhaustion of just seeing all this stupid, useless, ridiculous violence. <sighs> um, let's try another one. I'm trying to find some that I think are really interesting. That one I can't pronounce. Canopsia, uh, canopsia, canopsia. The eerie, forlorn, the eerie, forlorn atmosphere of a place that is usually bustling with people, but is now abandoned and quiet. Like school, maybe during the summer, right? Going back to your high school during the summer when it's empty, right? Or in a, or a mall after hours. It's also what we call like a liminal space. A space that you're not supposed to stay in for a long period of time. It's a between space or it's a space out of context. That's the liminal space. It's usually very unsettling. It's like kind of seen behind the curtain a little bit. Um, Latchism, the desire to be struck by disaster. Don't have that one for sure. To survive a plane crash or to lose everything in a fire. That's the desire to experience that disaster. Wow. That's someone who's really seeking stimulation and intensity and thinks that disaster is the way to most profoundly experience that. Imagine chasing that or seeking that. And finally, we'll end with Jowska, a hypothetical conversation that you compulsively play out in your head. I think we've all done that. That's also called ruminating, right? Or a little bit of some anxiety, constantly replaying, playing it out. What would have been, what could have been, what you hope to be. It could also be helpful in, in you know, a form of rehearsal. Anywho. Nonetheless, when we come back, we're going to be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, later in the show, we're going to be talking about some of the sex secrets of happy, long-term, sustainable couples. Yes, we can learn a lot from them. And then more DMs. So if you got a DM for us, like I said, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back. Stick around. Join us. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. Thank you, Astro Glide. Hey, Dr. Chris, I feel out of control in my life right now. There are things that set me off, little things, and then I feel myself either mad or depressed for days at a time afterwards. My friends do check in on me, but sometimes I just feel like they're annoying me and I want to be left alone. I'm not, surely, I'm not entirely sure what my trigger was. I don't even think that's the problem. Do you always have to have a trigger to be set off like this? What can I do to bring myself back down to a calmer level? Huh, kind of vague, but yet a lot in there. 
there's something very meaty about this question without you actually giving any specifics. Uh, you feel out of control in your life right now. A lot of us do. There's so much happening around us that we can't assert a lot of action or control around. And in those times, it's about finding things that do anchor us and that we do feel like we have some control over. So first start with finding things that you are anchored in. And that usually is about building in daily routine or structure when we're feeling out of control, when we feel like we're drifting, when we don't feel grounded, when we feel very anxious, if we have a lot of fear, daily routines and structure bring consistency and familiarity. Uh, it distracts us. It fills up our day. We know what the next step is. We can kind of just keep our head down, feel our feelings and go through the day and go through the motions and just kind of push through, you know, knowing that things will shift and things will change. But that's the best way to be present and anchored in that. Build a routine. Also, like I say all the time on the show, focus on, on taking some downtime, just resting. Sometimes with all that's going on in the world around us, we need to rest. Maybe we're a little burnt out right? Also make sure you, every day you're building in some joy and pleasure. Some of us just spend our days swimming in stress and burnout and overwhelm. Carve out some joy and pleasure. Go tonight and eat at a restaurant you love. Go pick up your favorite dessert. Come home, turn off all the lights, turn off your phone and watch your favorite movie. Whatever these things may be that give you some joy and pleasure in the midst of difficult times, it's important for us to still access those things, right? And then just tons and tons of self-care. So that's the first front-loaded part. Um, I'm glad your friends check in on you. Be thankful that they do. Try to remind yourself that although they might be reaching out at times when you're not really wanting to connect or really be present or explain yourself, be thoughtful that you have people that are caring enough to be thoughtful like that. Not everyone has a social group that is as active or as present or as emotionally available. So don't, don't act out whatever's going on with you on them, right? Them reaching out isn't bad or wrong. So don't respond or treat them as though it is. That's also how you lose them, right? And you want to keep them close. So you have to kind of right size that a friend reaching out when you're having a rough day shouldn't feel bad. Don't let it feel like one more thing that you have to manage. When someone reaches out, you don't necessarily have to reach out back immediately. You can take your time, you can settle down, but I don't want you to act it out on them or villainize them. Um, do, do you always have to have a trigger? Well, I don't, it, it really depends on the context with which you're talking about. Um, sure, could you have a characterological style where you're just always kind of frustrated and depressive? Sure, but generally most of us don't and it requires some kind of thought or event or feeling to really put us on that path. And right now there's a lot happening in the world that could very much lead to that or speak to that. So kind of makes sense. So be, be kind on yourself, but also be kind on those around you. We don't want to harm our social outlets or our social supports. And I appreciate that some people right now have so many things that they're trying to manage that they can't take on one more thing, but I don't want people to see their friends as one more thing to take on. It shouldn't have so much weight to it, you know? And also sometimes it helps to just let them know, hey, I'm having a really tough time. Thank you for reaching out. Like we'll connect or, you know, I'll, I'll fill you in more soon. You know, you can kind of both receive their outreach while also kind of holding a boundary that you're not necessarily looking to connect around it or unpack it. Um, what can you do to bring yourself back down to a calmer level? I kind of said that, you know, it's about sense of self-care, joy and pleasure, and a lot of rest. Your system's overloaded, your mind's overloaded, and most likely your life is as well. But um, build, in, build in some structure and some routine. That's something that's always good for us in terms of mental health. You know what I mean? I always have that going. Um, 
Good luck with that though, you know? It's all manageable, hang in there. All right, coming up next, we're gonna be talking about sexual secrets of long-term happy couples. Oh yes, what are some things we can learn from them? And uh, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We're always happy to hear from you. Any question you got, we got answers. And if you got a topic you want me to cover or drop deeper into, drop it on in there and uh, head on over to wearechannelq.com for past episodes of Loveline. They're all there, check them out. We'll be back. You are listening to Loveline. Brought to you by Channel Q and Astroglide. We'll be back. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back and we're talking about secrets of couples whose sex lives are going well. Bum, bum, bum. Ah, yes, we're going to unearth all those hidden gems. You know, again, uh, when I was doing research for my first book, Sex Outside the Lines, and this is all in there, I was looking at what are the qualities of couples that report higher levels of you know, marital and relational satisfaction. Now, it's rooted in a lot of things, and we talk about that on the show, things like trust. That's the number one thing. So I always say, when I'm talking about a topic, I'm assuming that this is happening within a relationship with two healthy people, people that trust each other and are kind and caring to each other. If not, a whole different topic. Essentially, it's about how do I create that or get out of the relationship I'm in. So this is ruling out all those extraneous things. This is assuming that the couple's functioning high in other levels. And what are the things that they do to really bring in the sex? Because it shows that people that utilize eroticism and affection through the duration of their relationship tend to have higher levels of marital satisfaction, relational satisfaction, also feel closer, right? They feel cared for. Because remember, our self-worth is a reflection back. So self-esteem isn't an inside job. Yes, there is work we need to do, right, on removing the barriers to us feeling the way we want to feel and undoing maybe some early relational trauma and all that. But the trauma itself that we've internalized that we're undoing when they say it's an inside job came from the outside. It all comes from the outside. Our self-worth, our self-esteem is a reflection back. It's an accumulation of how we've been treated, how the world and people in our lives have told us who we are, what our worth is. So it's always coming from the outside in. So when people are saying you got to work on the self-esteem on the inside, work on self-love, that is saying you have to undo what you've internalized from the outside world. It always comes from the outside. It's always relational esteem. So yes, we have to do our own work on that, but we also have to be thoughtful, right, about the kinds of messages that we hear and the world we live in via social media and our social lives. So remember all that. Having said all that, the couples that have a lot of sex as a resource for repair when they're feeling wounded, uh, using sex as a way to reconnect when they're feeling distant, and the ones that just really keep it available, they feel closer. It's okay to have sex with your partner. Again, we're talking about relationships where people feel safe and they can trust each other. It's okay to have sex with your partner when you're not interested. It's okay. It's called willingness, right? Um, you consent with the willingness. It's also okay to have sex when you're feeling distant or not connected. It can really jumpstart that. So remember that. But what are, what are the 10 secrets of couples whose sex lives are going well? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Number one, they accept that things have changed based on whatever is brought into their life. What does that mean? Okay, let's talk about a couple that has just had their first baby. You're, you have to accept that we have a baby now. That is going to shift our sex life. Or we've relocated. We understand and allow for that to change our sex life. Someone might be on a new medication, dealing with grief and loss, mental health issues. We have to accept that that will change. So what's the point? The point is, is that our sex life, right, is an ever going, ever going, is an ongoing 
open-ended, ever-changing system if we give it the care and attention it needs. And all the other factors going, in our, going on in our lives will impact if we have sex at all, how we have it, how we feel about it. So remember that. How it is now is not how it will always be. And how it is now is rooted in the context with which it's taking place. All these other factors do matter. It's not enough to say, if you loved me enough or if I was attractive enough to you, all would be well. No, it's not that simple, ever. It's never that simple, ever. <laughs> that can be in there, but that's rarely it. Yes, some couples have so much deep-seated, buried resentment that that gets in the way, and it should. Uh, we shouldn't feel drawn or interested in having sex with someone we don't feel safe or interested in or cared for by, right? So that's that's legit. Some sexual disorders are our bodies telling us what we need to be doing because our minds aren't listening. Some erectile letdowns and disappointments, some you know, instances of painful penetration or dryness are a sign. My body is saying, I'm not relaxed. My body is telling me I don't feel safe to receive or participate intimately with this person. Listen to your body. We don't push through. And that's the problem with some sex techniques or the way some people run their sex lives is they attempt to override the wisdom of the body. Listen to your body. Why might you not be comfortable or relaxed enough to get aroused or to be interested, right? So we do want to use those uh, moments as signals to say what's going on right? I need to honor my body. That's body positivity. That's sex positivity. If my, if my penis or my va vagina is, is responding in a closed off way or an uninterested way, I have to listen to that. I don't just push through and push forward, whether it's a hookup or your husband or wife of 20 or 30 years, we honor that because there are going to be times, even if you've been with someone who you feel safe and you trust that you've been with for a long time, where your body's saying, I'm not open to that right now. Or I'm not interested in that. We work with that. We don't override it. That's we're, we're pleasure-based. We're psychologically minded. We listen to the wisdom of the body and we realize that sex is about pleasure. It's not about penetration. It's not about anatomy. It's not about orgasms. It's about pleasure and fun and connection. And we center that. And that will sometimes mean that it doesn't always involve certain body parts, right? So coming back to that point, the first point is just that those couples who have great sex lives on an ongoing sustainable way, they accept the ebbs and flows. They don't think sex is one way and one way only. They understand that sometimes one person gets off. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's penetration. Sometimes we're using toys. Sometimes it's mutual masturbation. Sometimes it's one person witnessing the other. Sometimes we bring in maybe a third party. Sometimes we're enjoying some porn. It's always, it's always what it needs to be. We're open to those ebbs and those flows. All right, we got to take a little break. <laughs> we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline on the new channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back and we're talking the uh, secrets of couples who have great sex lives. We were talking earlier before the break about just that those couples accept the ebbs and the flows. They accept the changes. They understand that it's not always going to be the same. They understand that whatever's going on in their lives is going to show up within their sex lives. Second piece is they ask. They don't assume, right? They don't mind read. They ask for what they want. Hi, I'm feeling really interested in being close to you. Hi, I'm feeling aroused. Hi, I'm feeling excited. Hey, I want to be erotic or sexual with you. Come join me. They ask for what they want. Everyone has to be open to being an initiator and assertive. I've said this in the past. Some straight couples believe that the guy's always the initiator and the top. That is not accurate. That's also not fair. That's also not healthy. That's also toxic masculinity. There are some hetero men and gay men that are not tops. 
and that are more of a passive individual. And the female individual, the female partner is going to have to ask for what she wants. Bigger than that, I want people to ask for what they want sexually. I'm not a fan and I don't support people mind reading or they should know by now. You should be telling them because they're healthy enough to understand that it ebbs and it flows and it changes. Ask for sex if you want it. Ask it, ask for it the way you like it. We, ha we are responsible for our own pleasure and orgasms, not our partner. They're there to participate with us. I want them to be, we, we have to be aware of our partner, what's going on with them, but we also have to be self-driven and focus on what do I need to enjoy my time here? And you have to ask for that. <clears throat> That's important. I work with far too many people that don't feel comfortable or haven't been having the kind of sex they want because they're not asking or they're sitting around on the couch waiting for the partner to initiate. Initiate, I don't care what your gender expression is or your role, everyone has to be open to asking for what they want. And this is kind of powerful. So all straight men are not tops or initiators. Some of them are bottoms and they're passive, right? It's about the role. And, in, and also some gay men are sides. They're not a top, they're not a bottom. They're a side, they're not interested in penetrative sex. Not everyone likes penetrative sex. Straight couples as well. It's okay to say that's not my jam. We know that 75% of women cannot orgasm from penetration alone. So if you think sex with your female partner or your vagina owning partner is gonna be just about penetration, you don't understand anatomy or sexuality. <clears throat> they require other forms of stimulation. Ask for that. Know that, right? Check in. What else do the uh, couples who have great sex lives do? They talk about what feels good sexually and how to make it better. They're forthcoming. Hey, that feels really good. Do more of that. Hey, I was thinking about the sex we had this weekend. It felt really good when you A, B, and C. Could you do more of that? Or in the moment, hey, that feels good. Go a little slower or go a little harder. Or, hey, that's actually starting to not feel great. Could you touch me here? Ask for what you want. It still feels good. Ask for what you want. Your partner will want to know if they're caring. Ask for what you want. You essentially are responsible at the end of the day, not only for your sexual pleasure, but also for your sexual health and wellness. So that's, that's another conversation. But remember that. I want people to disclose, but we also have to ask. And this is part of that. So if you don't like the sex you're having or your sex life, you are responsible for it. And if it turns out it's because your partner isn't willing to give it to you and they're not compatible with you, well, then they are not meant to be your sex partner. Whatever that means, I'm sorry if you've been married for decades, they're not gonna be the best sex partner for you. What does that mean? Well, that's up to you. The couple then decides what they do about that, but that's that starting point. Also, ready, dun, 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 one of the other secrets of couples whose sex lives are going really well is they continue non-sexual affection, especially touch. They don't just allow that to occur in sexual erotic moments, they bring it in at other times throughout the day. It's called affection, it's called flirting, it's called courtship, it's called romancing. We should always be doing that. We use it as a way to get into a relationship with someone, but we also need to keep it going as a way to maintain. It's not just a tool to get someone, right? We have to stay in that process. But some people think once they're in the relationship, like we don't need to be doing those things. Yes, you do. Those are, the, those are attributes that exist for long-term, happy, healthy couples. So ask yourself, how often am I romancing still and flirting and touching and courting? Um, other secrets. <laughs> uh, wait, I don't actually like that one, so let's skip that one. This I think is a very vital one, an important one for couples that are very busy or complicated lives. And we tend to knock this, but this is meaningful. Uh, they accept that quickies are as important as more longer term sex, meaning 
just because we only have a few minutes, that doesn't devalue or illegitimize what can be created. We just need to feel close. We need to feel cared for. We need to feel desirable, right? And those quick moments where we only have five minutes or 20 minutes are valuable. They're meaningful. It's still going to feel good. It's still a, a positive deposit in that in that sustainability bank account. Don't Don't slam any form of sex. There's no hierarchy, but we have one, but we have to get rid of it where you know penetration orgasm is is real sex true sex complete sex that's not true that's a false structure it's sex is just about pleasure and connection and that can be you know that can occur in multitude of ways and that's why i tell people not everyone likes penetrative sex not every straight man's a top most women do not orgasm from penetration or penetration alone people enjoy toys people like bringing in some pornography it, it's it is what it is and there's no right way there's no wrong way it's really about you saying who am i authentically sexually what do i like and how do i ask for that or create that how do I check in and share that with my partner? Is my partner willing to find a way to engage in that with me? But it, it, you know, the length of time doesn't make it better or worse. The length of time doesn't make it more correct or wrong. The length of time doesn't legitimize it. We even talk about that in terms of relationships. The length of time a relationship existed doesn't determine its worth or value. It's what kind of relationship was it? Was it healthy? Were you good partners? Well, then it was a success, but not everything is meant to go on forever. And same thing with our sex lives. We have to be open to them changing and us needing whatever we need. And at some point we need more stimulation. We want some toys. We maybe need more or less, more or less lube, grab that Astroglide. And at other times it's less, we need less, right? Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. And then when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about sex secrets of those happy couples. And then we'll be gliding into those DMs. So stick around. If you got a DM for us though, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. Bam, there they are. Stick around, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back and we're finishing up our discussion of sex secrets of happy couples. And I uh, hope you're all taking notes. I could be doing this over and over. These are really important ones. And excuse me, as, some, as simple as some of them sound, it's, it can be hard to really get there, to really get them into action. And uh, where were we? Where were we? So we're talking about how quickies are meaningful and important, right? Because you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of sex? Not to do it right, not to perform sex correctly, because those things don't even aren't real concepts. It's I want to be in my body. I want pleasure. I want closeness, whatever it is. Um, and so quickies allow for that. It's kind of like food. Not everything's going to be a long, drawn out, home cooked gourmet meal with lots of you know steps. Um, sometimes it's just like a quick, simple salad and we're happy to sit and eat it with the person who's in front of us, our friend, our family member, our partner. It's just about spending time together. Um, except that masturbation to orgasm, right? This is actually, this is someone else's languaging and it's worded very, very, very horribly and poorly. Basically what they're saying is there's a lot of ways to have sex. And once one partner has uh, maybe gone as far as they want to go with orgasm or whatever it is, it is important to turn and uh, connect and give some attention to the person with us. That even though we are responsible for our own pleasure, well, we're relational beings and we want to be aware of how we're impacting others. And we do make sure that the other person with us is enjoying themselves and finding out what they might want. Just because one person orgasms doesn't mean, you know, we're done here. Maybe the other partner does as well. And you can ask them that, you know what I mean? But Stay in the process or the mood of sexuality. It's not over just because one person is completed. Uh, then talk about sharing sexual fantasies. I'm a big fan of that as long as the person you're sharing them with is both mature and sex positive. 
because not everyone is safe for us to share those intimate things with. Some people are not mature around sex. Other people might weaponize it and use it against us. So just make sure that this is a safe, mature person. Otherwise, you don't do that. And on the receiving end, always say thank you. Whether or not you like what you heard, it doesn't matter. It's not about you. They're sharing themselves with you. That's a gift. Say thank you. And then you can weigh in on what it is you feel good about, what it is you don't in terms of what you'd want to participate in. You don't need to give your thoughts or opinions. They don't need to know whether or not you think certain things are hot or not. It doesn't matter. It just is. But you can say, that sounds good to me, and that doesn't. But thank you for telling me who you are. Good to know. You know what I mean? It's a very vulnerable, private thing. And so thank someone when they share that with you. Don't use it against them. Don't put them down. Don't make them uncomfortable. doesn't matter if you agree with it. It doesn't matter if you like it. It's not about you, right? And I've seen some partners where they shame them. They'll say, that's gross. That's not okay. Well, hold on. No, you're not correct. We're allowed to be turned on by everything and anything. What we do about that is where our mental health comes in. We have boundaries, we have laws, we have impulse control, and healthy people use those things to protect themselves and others. You know, So just inherently being aroused by something isn't a problem. We have no control over that. That does not speak to someone's character or mental health. What they do with that arousal does. Consent, compassion impulse control, boundaries, empathy. That's where all those healthy factors come in. Um, also discuss, discuss how you're feeling about sex. You know, like I say about all couples, they should be checking in monthly or every couple months. How are you feeling in this relationship? Should we keep doing it? What do we need to work on? The stakes don't have to be that high when you're having that conversation. It's just, I want to check in and see what kind of partner I'm being, you know what I mean? And weighing in on that. Sex is important to do as well. How do you feel about her sex life? If you're not willing to ask that question, ask yourself why, are you, are you pretty confident in what the answer will be and you just don't want to step into that or hear that? Well, burying things underground is not a solution. And at some point it will arise or emerge and create larger issues. Be willing to talk about and be told that someone wants sex differently, more sex or whatever it is. We have to be open to hearing these things. If we're in a relationship with someone, especially if you're monogamous, you have to be open to discussing and processing how to change sex, make it better and all of those different pieces. Be open to that. That's a good sign. And finally, do make sex a priority. You know, a lot of people think it's something that can happen on the fly, doesn't matter, we'll get to it, it you know? And it's like, well, no, because our sex lives are a way that we really communicate to our partner how important they are to us, right? And it's good for relationships. It's another resource that non-sexual, non-romantic relationships don't have access to. So take advantage of it. You know what I mean? We want to make use of all the resources and tools and bridges that we have. And the long-term happy couples often have sex and eroticism and affection as a very accessible tool and resource to, st to stay close, to bridge conflict and difficulty, right? And to just bring a little bit more joy to their lives. Sex is self-care. Sex is absolutely self-care, whether it's masturbation or with another person, it doesn't matter. It's self-care. It's good and healthy for our bodies and our psychologies. It's a good way to distract and it's a good form of self-soothing and coping. Absolutely. <clears throat> You're allowed to use that. So just do that check-in with yourself as far as a partner. What kind of sexual partner are you? And what kind of sexual partner is your partner's? And what do you maybe need to talk about and process? You'll be better for it. If we can talk about sex openly, I feel confident we can talk about other, you know, very difficult personal topics as well. So 
do the work. All right, coming up next, we're going to be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got, but also any topic you want covered, maybe something you want me to go into deeper, we're happy to hear from you. And like I said earlier, we are channelq.com is where you go to check out past episodes of Loveline. They're all there. You can binge, post, share, re-listen, you know, check them out. Maybe check out some of the other shows while you're there. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and on Odyssey brought to you by Astroglide. Stick around. We'll be back. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, we're back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, would love your advice. I've been friends with this girl, Samantha, for five years. We are always in and out of each other's lives, but not for any bad reason. Just that we get caught up in relationships where life gets in the way. And I love that. I have a lot of friends in my life where we don't need to keep up consistently. But when we do, we're always happy to hear from each other. We don't need to explain where we've been. We just kind of jump in. And it's really nice often to have those friends because, yeah, life gets busy. We don't always have the time or energy to be, you know, very close with everyone. Um, Recently, you say, though, we've gotten back in touch. And I kind of want to give us a try. Wait, what does that mean? However, when I bring it up to her, she kind of deflects the topic. You mean romantically? The reason I would even consider us is that I wish you would just come out and say the word romantic or sexual, this us in, in air quotes. The reason I would even consider us is that she'll tell me things when she's drinking, like she wants me to take a chance. 
I lo- it's so funny when people do that. Instead of them taking the chance, they just kind of float the idea and they want to passively sit back and let someone else reach out because they're anxious to uh, make the move or declare interest themselves. Let's not do that anymore. Let's let people that we have crushes on know that we have a crush on them. Let's be assertive. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's put ourselves out there. Honoring if someone shoots us down or sets a boundary or says no, always. We don't pursue or push forward. We listen to boundaries. But um, let's take control of our lives. Too many people sit back waiting for people to initiate, pick up the ball, keep the conversation going, ask them out. Not everyone is in that assertive place. And as I've kind of shared with you before, a lot of people are um, kind of burnt out. They're kind of burnt out. The dating scene has just been overwhelming and exhausting. A lot of false starts, a lot of disappointments. And so if you're really serious about being in a relationship with someone, be willing to do that work because a lot of other people won't. And if not, you have to acknowledge that a lot of your single dumb or loneliness might be rooted in the fact that you won't do what you want other people to do. You want them to be assertive, but you won't even be. You want them to somehow step into the same confidence that you won't. So take that chance. Um, Back to your question though. Uh, she tells me when she's drinking, she wants me to take a chance or that she's been waiting for me to be single, but I haven't been. I wish she would just tell me what she wants, but I think she thrives off the game. Do you think that I should just be super upfront with her? I'm kind of afraid if I do that, I'll lose my friendship. Wait a minute. She keeps telling you she wants you to, although it's when she's intoxicated. Here's the thing. Letting someone know you're interested is a compliment. Let's just take the compliment. And if we're not interested, we don't feel the same way. That's all we have to say is, hey, I'm really complimented. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not available or I'm not interested in that. Or I like our friendship as it is. But yes, I do think you need to be the assertive one. Yes, I do think you need to take that chance. I, I, I don't know why that would have to ruin your friendship. I think it's very possible that someone can, based on the other person saying this when they're intoxicated, you know, try to maybe see if they want to go on a date or turn something and transition into romance or sexuality. And if not, they'll tell us like, let's, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and transparent. Again, too many people are sitting back and waiting. No one's going to come knock on your door, but you know, again, how serious are you? I, I don't get a sense in that question that like you're so interested or you're so serious about it. If you're not, then don't do it. Let it just remain as friends. That's the most stable long-term configuration to have someone in our life is friendship. Friendships last the longest. Unfortunately, romance tends to not because the way we run our romantic relationships, I wish they could all transition out of romance and sex into friendship if the romance or sex isn't what's really working. But a lot of people aren't able to do that. So maybe just keep it as friends. I don't know. If you're interested in someone else, go that route. But if you are interested in this friend of yours, you got to be the one to make the moves, y'all. We got to be the one to make the moves. That's what we're doing this fall. (laughs) That's what we're doing this summer and this fall. We're going after the kind of social lives we want to have. We're coming out of the pandemic a little bit, although it's still going on. God knows what's coming down the pike with that, but we're keeping our ears and eyes open around that one. But go find some love. You know what I mean? Take risks. Commit to taking risks. Commit to stepping into assertion and confidence this year. I think you'll all be glad you did. All right, y'all, that's our show. Coming tomorrow, we're going to be talking about couples, 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 unrealistic expectations that we put upon each other. And that's most of the reason why a lot of relationships don't work out. And uh, they're just kind of perpetuated, you know, socially passed along and perpetuated. And then they kind of mess us up. If you got a DM, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Thank you, Astroglide. Always got our back. And uh, thank you all for hanging out. You enjoy the rest of your night, and I'll see you tomorrow. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t